1: Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really, Riley podcast. Woo! Hello again, beloveds. Happy Tuesday. You guys are not usually used to hearing me on a Tuesday, but like I said last week, Really Riley is now going to be five days a week instead of three, and we have kicked this week off. And these extra podcast episodes you're going to be hearing with a damn bang. Um, First off, if you are new to the Really Riley podcast, thanks for coming around. You picked a hell of a week. Because I got as real as I have ever been in any way, shape, or form behind a mic. Um, And it's been very cleansing and therapeutic um, to talk about my journey in radio and my journey with The Kane Show and leaving radio and, well, being made to leave radio. Anyway, um, but you guys have just blown me away with your support over and over and over again because I thought a lot of you would be upset with me about talking about this um there has been a lot of that well he's gone he can't speak for himself because I think a lot of people thought that I was going to bash and that was so not the case here and I mean a lot of other things have been brought up um (laughs) in terms of you know other people involved and you know you take what you will from that but it was more about just healing because this in the last few days, I've still kind of gone on and off of like crying. I was talking to my therapist today and I was telling her that I was listening back, you know, to part one and I was like crying randomly. And I was thinking in my head, this is so weird that I was like that poor girl. I'm like, okay, psycho, that poor girl is you. Um, But I just... I've had so many of you guys message me say that like you want to go to search out trauma therapy now and deal with your demons and that you don't want to anymore sit down and be quiet and not deal with the things that have wronged you. And you know, that makes not happy. That doesn't make me happy that you've been through some turmoil, but it makes me happy that you find connection and inspiration and me sharing some of the most traumatic times of my life. Um, and some of the most joyous too. It's weird how it's wrapped up like that, but um, this sit down with Sarah Fraser of the Sarah Fraser Show and Natasha Eliza, uh, like it's it's been a blessing. And this is part two, um, where we start off with me going into my thoughts on karma because that's been that's been a theme from what people have been telling me lately. Um, (laughs) Shit, I mean, last year I made an entire karma collection for my crystal intention candles by House of W. So if you want to check those out, you can do that at House of W by Riley. But I go into my thoughts right now, like in this section, part two of this tell-all, of what I want in terms of karma. And um, hopefully you like what you hear and are inspired. So... Here it is. Part two. Like the thing that is my biggest thing about karma, because I you can't I can't, I believe in manifestation and like what you put out, you get back times three. And for me, I do believe that the karma that I received in leaving, being fired from that job, was good karma for me because I could never Like, I wasn't going to have that Jekyll and Hyde moment. That wasn't for me. That wasn't in the cards. I wasn't going to have that moment where my life crashed around me and all the sins of things that I had done came to fruition. That wasn't for me. A lot of times people ask me, like, do you wish them ill? And this, that, and the third. Like, there's a couple of, like, I don't fuck with any of them anymore. There's a few of them that I never fucked with. And there's a few of them that I had hope for. What I wish for these people, two things. When their karma comes around, I want to be in a space where I don't fucking care. I'm not there yet. We're dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I hope for them to meet themselves and other people. I hope that someday, not necessarily that they have to go through, well, maybe one of them, but that they have to go through what I went through or everyone else around them went through as part of a ripple effects of what they did. But I hope that they see and understand what they did. I hope that one time when you have your own child in your hands, Mm. that you remember holding mine and remember that you tried to take everything that gave me joy away from me, and fuck you, it didn't work. Because the thing that I'm finding is crazy, Sarah, like the like legacy they always talk about, <laughs> it doesn't fucking live in them. I still hear things about you constantly, 15 years later. Oh, I'm honored. I- On the street today and somebody was like You're Riley from the Kane show It's not whatever the names Were after it's the Kane show And
0: I know I was I was going to say this to you I karma always Like Natasha's proof it always Karma always comes Around but also I've said this to you private conversations we've had, they did a, they did you the greatest favor ever, ever, ever by getting you out of that situation. And I think you have to remember, to me, I don't follow or pay any attention to anything that's going on there, but I can guarantee you they're probably already living that karma. We just, you know, because what you put out on social or what you say on the microphone, and unfortunately we saw this with Peter right for years. Peter always painted this super happy picture of the girls and the, and right we all know the real sickness that was happening. So my guess is the karma it's already and it's you know what's sad it's happened to the radio industry, right? This industry that we all loved and gave God us so much. Nobody listens to radio anymore. It's truly podcast. And and all these radio companies are now in podcasts because they know yeah. unfortunately all the things that they've done to destroy this business have now come true. So you're in the greatest spot. Still hurts. And, and we want to ask you like where that's at. But I, I did have a question. So after the Kane show ends and we know that, I think we all feel like that was the tipping point for Peter. Um, but it became your morning show, right? And during that time, I mean, was there a moment of like hope? Like, okay, how are the troops? Like, was it like, all right, we're going to get through this and we're going to continue to be a great morning show and we're all going to come together. Or was it like not good from the start? Yeah.
1: So, like I said, there was a couple of people in that whole situation that I was like, yeah, you fucking suck. There was one person that I literally saw a glimmer of something. Maybe, maybe for about five minutes. Mind you again, People of trauma, we always look for what the fuck is behind that curtain. And I was never oblivious to what was behind that curtain. So when that curtain opened up, was I shocked? No. I wasn't shocked at the fact that it happened. I was shocked at the fact of how evil the situation was. And how history repeated itself. And for me, it's like, I had given so much of my soul to that place. So that is my only regret. Like there's memories with my little son who was our rainbow baby, you know, like a gift that I missed so fucking much because I was giving my soul to that situation. I miss I'm 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 sorry for the dignity that I gave up leaving that situation. But I did have hope for a minute. Because here's the thing. I had been parts of other big radio shows before that it was not fucking kosher in the room. But we had a vision for where it could go. All right? We can all go home. We don't have to be friends. We can do our business. We can play friends on the radio. We can just do this damn thing and catapult it. And to me, I never said this to them. It's basically my husband only knows. It's like I wanted to be the good end of what was left behind of my mentor I wanted it to mean something and it still will just not there (laughs) I did I did have hope for that situation and it could have been you know it's not like we were sucking it was it was going forward and I like how you do one thing is how you do everything like if I'm going to decide that I'm going to be hopeful for you to you know grow up essentially I'm going to, I'm going to give you pieces of me. Like I'm going to try to put my best foot forward in that sense. And do you remember that it's me moment? I tried to have another one of those.
0: But it was not, it wasn't what you were hoping.
2: And no. if you're Finally, I'm curious, I'm curious because I know you're going to give me a totally transparent and honest answer. (laughs) And I know how much your heart misses radio and was a part of your soul and probably still is. If you were given a magic wand that you could go back to before you were let go and you with everything you know now, would you choose to go back on that show just to be back in radio? or with everything you know, would you still walk away?
1: Hell no. Would I ever in six lifetimes, 17 hope diamonds, pink serenading me every fucking day personally in my bathroom, for any of that, would I walk back into that situation ever? Because... if there's a piece of Cain that's truly watching me. I had never in my life broke down the way that I did the last six months that I was there.
0: Mm.
1: I was losing my hair. I had another miscarriage. I was literally going insane to the where I could not stop crying that I, and I was also like still semi postpartum and I have bouts of postpartum depression with both my babies. Cause like a lot of women don't realize that that can span like 18 months.
2: Oh yeah. the yeah, first couple of
1: whatever. Like I didn't know that either. Like I think mine spanned about two years because it was never healed. Cause I was going through all that. The only thing that I wish if I had a magic wand to go back on, is I wouldn't have given him so much more of my soul by trying so fucking hard to keep it together, Mm -hmm. by trying so hard to do more, to, I mean, shit, the week before I got fired, I had a listener tattoo my handwriting and a phrase that I had written to her on her arm. Like, why didn't I see the impact of what that is? I wish that it, I wish that anybody that loses this situation or loses a big job or loses a big opportunity would understand something. If somebody steals something from you, especially in the way of something like a job like this, the talent stays here. Nobody can take from you what's yours. And it's crazy because the minute I start realizing that, that's when things and doors and stuff like that starts opening. So for my little boys, whom I hope grow up to be as spicy and forceful and fuck you as me, no, there's no anything in the world that somebody could put in front of me to go back to that ever.
0: Riley, you know? what can you tell us about how you were fired? Like, what can you what can you share? You because you were on your morning show for like what a year
1: it was two
2: it was two years wow. was two? wait wow. whoa wait hold on
0: wow yeah you were there a long
2: run right how many years at hot Total. i don't even realize because it's been three years it's coming up on three years since he passed away mm-hmm. and yeah and i guess he was off the air for a year before he passed away
1: mm-hmm. it was like almost two and i always do the timeline by like mallon My son, because he's going to be three in February. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let me think. So, yeah, it was two.
2: I had no idea your morning show lasted that long.
1: That's the thing. When you asked me about, was it a surprise? Fuck yeah, it was. Because this is also just true. I can't go into certain details. But right before that, summer of 2021, we had all those meetings where they see how the show is going or whatever and this is just factual my star was rising in a way that it never was able to before because mm-hmm. i was becoming the girl on the show i had gotten married i had a baby it was this coming of age story that everybody loves tragically single single mom finds her prince charming da 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 now all of a sudden we're coming together as a family after all this tragedy and everything was coming up roses for me in that way of what listeners were saying and thinking and like my endorsements were rolling Cause we had come off of a pandemic. We got through that. We'd gotten through all of this shit and well I, I, ego is the number one killer of all opportunity. Basically. And that ego wasn't mine. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I am no stranger in this industry to knowing that sometimes things move and sometimes things change and sometimes you're not the person for the job. You know, I've always said that if I'm not the person for the job, I need to either a work harder or move aside. But I was the person for that job. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, that wasn't the case. I'd like to think that God was sparing you from being in that toxic situation a minute longer. Mm -hmm. Did you see it coming at all? Did you have any inkling? It was like things were happening behind the scenes to like lay the groundwork.
1: As I was told, nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. Don't worry. You were told that before you were let go? Nothing's changing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Here's the thing. I can't go into the specifics of the conversation and who it involved. But the way that it happened so abruptly, it was like I had a month and a half left on my contract. Literally, that could have been written out. Hmm. And, you know, all the things that you get when things, you know, happen, I wouldn't have gotten. Could have... And it happened so abruptly, but not like there was all this lead up. And I think that it was my husband says that it was like a switch decision, like, mm, let's just do this right now. But I know that there was these big companies don't move like that. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like a regular job where a boss can say you're fired. It doesn't work that way like when you're in a position of great influence, they can't just slice it like that, they can. It's bad for the show, it's bad for everything. Yeah, so it's like, from what I know that would happen inwardly and all of the things that I saw and spoke up about, it wasn't a shock to me, it was a shock to my system because yeah, you always have hope and prayer. Like I really think had I shut up just a little bit longer, I'd still be behind the mic right now in that way. But that's what I started to say about like, if there's anything in there that Cain is in there, the good part of him, cause I'd never spoken up like that. And all of a sudden I just am. Because I was always the yes girl.
0: What gave you the courage to start? I'm, I'm assuming you were speaking up by, you know, situations that were happen, happening there or people that were toxic. What gave you the courage to to start standing up for yourself?
1: Insanity. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking when I say that. Like, it's fine. Like, a, I. I started to get to the space of seeing things happening and going, I had like I have this like duality part of me, like the little scared girl and then the fuck you, Riley. And I think fuck you, Riley was winning out a little bit more because I was just like, okay, well, if this is going to go down. It was this weird thing. I'm like, okay, I want to say something, but I also want to try to make it work. And the more I tried to make it work by saying things, because there's always in any management system, in any job, there's always... Please let us know something's happening. Tell us, tell us, tell us. I didn't realize that like saying something would be like made me the problem.
0: It's why Gretchen Carlson always tells women before you go to HR, go find a good employment attorney and make a plan because HR (laughs) is not your friend. They are there to protect the company in the best way possible, I wish well, I had done sashing you out the door. So uh, Gretchen Carlson's a great resource to listen to of how she successfully sued Fox and won a lot and and she her husband's an agent so he knew a lot of the insider info for entertainment, but you always always go to a good enter- an employment attorney that is not associated with your company before you start laying the groundwork cuz HR is not there have, for you.
1: Never even went to HR. Mm. I went talking because I was always the girl you got to deal with it internally you don't do that I wish I had gone a little further
0: well we all I mean we all do right we all (coughs) we all have had you know talked about this but you know you you're afraid like they are big companies. You don't know your rights. You're hoping, you know, you love your job. You're you're hoping that it works. Um, I, I thought you could maybe go back and talk about you. You credit Kane's passing for saving your life, and I think you'd even mentioned to us like at one point you kind of felt like you were falling into maybe drinking too much or. So how can you talk to us about? You know, I'm sure that just set you off. Like you, you love radio in a way. I don't think I ever loved it that much. <laughs> I mean, you really, you know. I don't think I, I, you know. I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I want to be a trashy talk show, and now I'm like, I don't care if it's on the internet or TV or Roku. Like, I don't care. You know, like I just okay. love. I like, like, I'm too. like I'll be on Roku. Uh, so, okay. What was the cat like? How did Kane save your life? And can you talk about maybe your path of your own substance issues?
1: Yeah. So as a teenager, obviously, the whole trauma daddy issue mm-hmm. thing. The very first time, I like, ever drank and threw up, I had my heart broken, right? So I learned in the back of my head, oh, shit, this substance can numb things for a bit. And I was, like, in and out of doing all that as a teenager, but then radio was the one thing that, like, saved me, because I was like, I can't be doing any of that shit when I'm a radio personality, little did I fucking know. Um, But... Radio, like, made me a woman and made me everything. Like, I was able to, like, not chase a guy for a little bit anyway until that fiance, whatever. But I was in the deep state of depression because when I went, when I came to Maryland, I was obviously walking into a situation that I didn't think it was. I was going through all those other legal issues and I was drinking a lot and I you know there wasn't like a rock bottom there wasn't like any of that but it was like I was going I was going through my fitness journey I just started working out I had an endorsement and I was like really loving it I guess you know part of it's vanity too because I was like I'm not moving the needle I'm not getting where I want to go and I was like okay well, let me just give it up for a month because to me that seems so like monumental and radio like it's your job to fucking party and like yeah booze turns me in Tasmanian Riley it's not my friend and so let me just give it up for a month and then a month turned into two and then four and then six and i like i have this weird internal fight with myself like you can't do it a year fuck you i'm gonna do it a year and after a year it was like why you know i was like i remember like we were in florida at shepherds and like they were shots everybody do shots you have to do shots and i literally i'm a latina i don't get my hair wet for shit but I literally took this shot and went like that and it got the whole back of my hair wet and it was all curly. Cause I was like, I will not drink this for anybody. And. Was this
2: before or after Peter had passed away?
1: But oh, there okay. were times where I was like, okay, I was still in that mode of like, I'm going to give this up for my certain amount of time. And if I want to go back, I can, I can do that. Mm-hmm. When I lost radio. I damn well know. Had I been drinking the way I was before I quit, it would've, I don't even wanna think about it. Like, emotionally when I lost radio, I did start losing a lot of myself,
2: Mm.
1: my mental health, my marriage was really suffering for it too everything that I had manifest and had talked about all those years on the air and everything I'd ever wanted was falling apart. And that was the one piece of clarity that I had. I'd always wanted to be like him, but I can't end up like him. I can't. I still somehow had that foresight of like, these. they need me can't leave them like that, my sons. And I don't want to be disrespectful to your girls. I don't mean to say it like that.
2: Oh, no, I didn't even take it that way. I was thinking about my own recovery journey. And I mean, they say you have to do it for yourself. It can't be for anybody else. But I mean, it was for my children to be the woman that my children desperately needed me to be, there yeah. needed to be a stable one.
1: When I initially like quit, it was for me. Like told you, it was like vanity in a sense, but also like at the ground level of it, like I needed to change. And there was no one telling me to do it. Nobody knew. Like I, you know, like it, I was just a depressive drinker or whatever. Like once the kid goes to bed, you, you drink and. That was a very big hold on me, thinking about him and thinking about what those days must have been like for him. Because the way that I describe it is he had a pandemic, he had money, and nothing else to do but sit in it. That sounds so masochistic in your mind, right? Riley, that I would sit there and think about those dark days, but I was, I was very much like him. In a lot of ways you could say I was like radio raised by the way he was,
2: mm.
1: that could be good and bad. And I feel like he really did save me in so many ways. Because here's the thing. You can die without having a funeral. You don't have to have a funeral to actually die inside. Because in my mind, he died a long time ago. And I didn't want to be that. I still want to be this kick ass person that has so much ahead of her. It's like, fuck you. I'm still going to break these barriers. I'm still going to move through these walls, no matter what you fucking try to do to me. I wish he would have had that moment too. But you honor the fallen by living or whatever that saying is. I know that I'm probably going to get yelled at for watching that, but. everybody especially coming up in flz and all the places that we came up with they talk about legacy all the time it's like that thing that people like when they does your man talk about the roman Empire or whatever oh, yeah. it's, that's how that like they talk about this like legacy and it's like this big thing and the legacy is like i'm gonna be the legacy no i'm gonna be the legacy i'm like okay now i'm gonna live my own legacy like that's And that's the greatest
0: thing you can do to honor Peter, I think, you know, it's like, that's what was so hard about talking to Natasha when we did our first sit down is, you know, the saddest thing is he had everything to the outside world that you think I I told her, you know, when they bought that beautiful mansion in Potomac, I was so jealous. I was like, oh, my God, those fuckers, they got their mansion, you know, like, and, you know. Like he had everything, right? He was so, he had so much money. He made more money in radio than most people will ever make, and Range Rovers and beautiful cars. And, you know, I mean, it just, and this, that, and it just breaks your heart. And the relation, you know, he could never enjoy his success ever. And he always, even when we were number one and we were hitting all these bonus marks, you know, he'd just be like, "Uh, when's the other shoe going to drop? And I'd be like, "Kane, what? Like, let's like celebrate. Like, it's not going to drop, you know? I mean, sure, you're going to ebb and flow in ratings over the years, but he just could never – it was truly hell on earth. I mean, really, when you think about his life, he could never celebrate his beautiful girls and having a a good wife. And, I mean, it just – it breaks your heart, and I think – all of us by just even living a happy, you know, sober ish. I mean, I'm, I still drink, but, you know, sober ish okay. life, I think. Exactly. And, and you know, breaking free from that mental and talking about mental health, I think is just honoring his legacy because it's um, it's and it's you, so sad.
1: I had one question for both of you because I I I think I heard this. Natasha, please stop me if this is too much. OK. I think I heard this in the in the Podcasts when you guys were talking about his last moments and days, um, when he was very out of it, and I think in the hospital because that was the I, I was like kind of half listening to it because it was hard to hear. But did you say something about in his last moments when he was talking that he was talking about a pirate? Yeah,
2: he. Oh, um, oh give me a second. He he was in the he went into the hospital and the very first day he was in the hospital, he was in and out of being coherent and he was able to FaceTime with the girls and tell them he loved them. And then I was texting with him not even an hour or so after that. And like that conversation with the girls was the last coherent thing he ever he ever said. Um, And when I was texting with him, he yeah, I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And he said something about um, there's so much drinking on the pirate ship, Mm. which now that I'm talking to you makes me think about Gasparilla, but yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, when you ask me the moment that he saved my life, it was when I heard that, because uh, the biggest moment I'd ever had in my life was the first year that I got to do Gasparilla as part of the Cane show. And that's all he was thinking about when he left this earth, and I didn't want to end up like that it was everything to him and it didn't love him back
2: for those who don't know Gasparilla was the or is still the annual huge pirate invasion parade in Tampa and it is I remember the first time going to it with the radio station and it is just such a huge deal to be on a float and a part of that and a drink fest. And it was his favorite thing of the year. More than Jingle Ball, more than Shepherds, more than any of the other radio events was going to Gasparilla.
0: Well, and he loved Tampa anyway. You know, the dream was always that, you know.
2: we'd Go back to Tampa. He'd move,
0: we'd do this for 25 years and we'd go to New York for a while and then we'd all end up in Tampa. And yeah, he loved Tampa. That was his so Riley, what about that just it just that moment in that hearing Natasha say that story clicked with you and saved your life because things have been so dark since been being out of radio because it's it just for you, radio is such a love, it's such it's such who you are, and so in that moment, in your own words, please say this, um
1: what was Sorry, it and then I heard that podcast like i because when you guys talked about it in the podcast, you, it, I got the gist of like, you didn't really understand what he was saying. And like, you didn't, and I wouldn't have, like, I don't know if I was in that moment, I wouldn't either, but being on the outside of it, that was the first thing that popped into my head and it broke my fucking heart.
2: Um, I never thought about it until I, retelling it to you right now. And all of a sudden it made yeah. sense.
1: And when I lost radio and I was just so fucking angry. I was just lashing out at my husband and I was just, you could see that my son was like overly trying to make me happy as Mm -hmm. much as I tried to hide it from him. They know like you can't hide shit from them. And started realizing like that was the happiest time of my life and my life is over. And now it's just about my kids. And that's how I was talking about things. Cause Mind you, like I always wanted to be a mom. Like I always wanted that. But like I made it a point when I was pregnant with my first son Lyric to be like, I'm not gonna wrap my whole world around my kids. Like I still have this big life to live. I still have all these things that I want to accomplish to teach them how to be good humans. And I was just letting it all go to shit. Me. Little Miss Manifestation, doing my manifestation seminars, I have a crystal intention candle business on everything in life of Hope and everything. And I'm just watching it all fucking slip away. Literally, I was sabotaging myself. And when I heard that. He's literally leaving this earth and that's all he could think about.
2: I just looked it up because I was like, I just want to make sure I'm telling it right. And how important it is to you. And I texted him in the morning and I said, good morning. Just wanted to let you know, I was thinking about you and I'm praying for you. Hope you're feeling better today. And he wrote, I am betting my drinking with I'm on a boat and I have to report back.
1: Hmm. Yeah. When I see, when I hear that, I think of this one photo of us at Gasparilla and it was all the show, and he's got this – he had the – he was like a little Santa Claus, like the jolliest, like, smile, that, like, not a, the toothy one, but, like – The big cheeks. Yeah, and he was so proud and happy, and, like, if there was an oasis or a heaven, it was that fucking boat for him, and that I realized in that moment is not – it's not the oasis for me. For me, it's still believing that the best days are to come and like stopping and still and the things that he couldn't do. My biggest fear when I got fired was like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose this house and like my kids aren't gonna be able to like have the life that they deserved. And my husband is gonna, you know, like all these things that I feared didn't happen. Because I was able to hold on past that one moment that could have gone different. There wasn't like a, just like a one moment, but there was like a phase in time where like, I could have gone, like, I could have run with that. There's always a fork in the road and there's always a chance to do it differently. And some people don't. He didn't. And... He changed my life, and he also saved my life, so. I thought, like, you know, you guys, thank you for, like, even giving me, giving a chance to talk to me, because I don't know that I would have if I was a bit, no, I would have, but, like.
0: We all, look, he gave us so many gifts, and the gift, now I'll get emotional, but the gift that he gave me is, like, it was, It was so toxic there. And, you know, for when we started, we were all like a family. You know, we went with Natasha and and came down to Tampa and and Eric and Sammy and Mel. We were all best, best friends. And it was a family and it was all this. And then, you know, slowly as we all left. Right. And we were excommunicated. And, and, you know, I I was so fucked up because I just was like, God, is this what job environments are like? And nobody there, you know. Uh, I'm sure I'm blacklisted from iHeartRadio, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, thank you. And, um, you know, it, I had made my decision. What What he gave me in all this madness was I have a choice. I can become like him and hold other people back and, you know, not wish them well and not help. Or I can believe in my own talent and know that I'm going to succeed at whatever I do. And God has the greatest plan for me, regardless of what other people are trying to do to me. And I can help others where I can help in this industry. And so not that I have any great sage wisdom, but for, you know, I'm always here for any woman that has been through not only an experience at Hot 99.5, but, you know, other traumatic radio experiences. I think it's, we all have a very unique, it's a bizarre business in that, I mean, I, I worked for Fox 5 for 13 years, also in entertainment where people have egos and it was nothing like what I went through. I mean, it's like nothing like people had lives. They had, you know, yes, there were some people there with bigger egos than others, but it is a bizarre experience we all went through. And, um, yeah. and you know, I think, Natasha, we all, we all feel like how can we help you, you know, succeed and become the best person because there is a life beyond what we all went through. And what we went through was very traumatic and bizarre, really. I mean, you know, it's a
1: weird ride, but there's like there's always that like I always talk about that, like when I got into radio, like how my life could have shifted so fucking differently. Like I, the crowd that I used to run with, they're all beach bums and doing nothing with their life now. Now, when I say that, I don't mean because I had this big radio career that my life means more than theirs. What I mean is, God, my producer said this to me, like choosing happy is some of the hardest shit you can ever do because you think it's supposed to be just a given like when you're two. Right. You're,
2: you're going to so be happy, happy. Yeah. Ew, with 20. <laughs> thought like that is what's supposed to happen cool. next.
1: And it doesn't. But there's a really deep sense of peace and pride that comes on the other end of when you're like, okay, this fucking sucks. It wasn't fucking fair. I'm not all Skittles and rainbows and I'm like, hey, yay, everything is so great. No, there will always be scars of that. Well, my favorite pink lines ever, like I wear my scars proudly, like because, yeah, like now coming out on the other side of it, I'm not 100% there yet, but we're getting there one day at a time. You can't ever take from me what I have gained in this experience. like, And I thought that all of that was gonna come crashing down and like every fear that I had didn't happen. Wow. One of the shittiest things that happened were because I didn't, I didn't let go and trust that there was something better, so. We
0: were gonna ask you, like, how are you doing now? I mean, how long has it been since you've been out of radio? All right. And how do you take care of your mental health and your wellness? Do you go to therapy, like,
1: tell us the whole thing. It was November 9th of 2021. Okay. And I first out the gate was like, okay, I'm going to hustle, I'm going to do my candles, I'm going to go 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 go. And there were all these opportunities that were coming, and then every time an opportunity would fall, I would fall with it. And before, it was like I was so resilient, like, okay, another thing's going to come. Therapy, yes, I'm in therapy, a personal therapist and then i have my adhd meds therapist and then i had we had a little bit about a marriage counseling for a while because you know when you go through things as a couple and we're married a year and a half you know so very young in our relationship as a marriage and it shook us as people because it went from i'll follow you anywhere to well shit we have a house we have a family we have roots here now And that was hard because I felt like I could have still continued the vein that I wanted to, but I also didn't want to ruin three little lives. You know, my husband's life and my two little boys. So along with all of that, there was a lot of shit that like, this is what people don't understand is like, when you let that whole entertainment life job seep into everything that you are, it's going to screw your life. It's going to screw up a lot of your life. So I have been reconnecting with, because I mean, shit, I'll always be Riley Couture. Like nobody's going to take that from me ever, ever. But I'm also Raquel Weeder. It's weird to say that name even after two years, you know, like I'm also mommy. And Lyric, my oldest, he remembers in radio, like he, he gets it now more because people still come up to me on the street your Riley from the Kane show, and I kind of even had to explain him what that is, but when I was doing one of my pop-ups with my crystal intention candles, he's like, mommy, they all want to buy your stuff. You're so cool. And that clicked with me. They're like, he doesn't care, you know? So mentally there's been ups and downs. I can't sit here and be like, yeah, it's been two years and everything's great. I still cry as y'all saw today. I still cry a lot. Like I still get sad when I'll see certain things or remember certain things. But I do know this, like the euphoria of what I entered into radio in, it, it's not what it was. A lot of people had asked me after I got replaced, and I say that in big air quotes. <laughs> person that replaced me did not walk into what I walked into, okay? We all know that. It's a very yeah. situation. So I'm happy with the fact that, like, you know, my husband asked me the other day, like, why do you still have host of The cane Show on your Yahoo email signature? And I was like, because I was the last host of The cane Show, co-host of The cane Show. And I will always be that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with what I accomplished. I'm okay with what I did. It'd be safe to say, Sarah, like, we got pretty much as fucking high as you can go in radio.
0: Yeah. I had the best of it. And then I was out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Either. Like, I mean, I wish I would have <laughs> done a little bit more like you did, but you know, like perspective is everything. And it sucks because it seems like some of the most simple things in life can really be the most monumental. That sounds like I need to be like, I need to put a pageant queen, like a pageant crown on my head and be like, oh. you know, cause yeah, my mental health is very, very up and down. But like when you're cognizant of that, it's like when the wound is bleeding I need to go triage, I need to go to the gym, I need to go to yoga, I need to get more mindful about things. It's really not easy, but it's more elementary than you think to take care of your mental health. Like to go back to your roots of like being still and putting your phone away and you know, really not engaging. Like I have I for <laughs> for a while I had a once a week minimum that I was allowed to go and look at other things on the Instagrams that would upset me. Yeah. I don't do that. There's nothing there for me. There's nothing I need to look at. There's nothing I need to hear. Like there's been some big things that have happened with persons on the show. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want to look at that announcement. It doesn't. I can't sit there. Even if it's placebo to stay in my bubble, I'm, I'm staying in my lane. You know, like it's, 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 it's forward now. We can't really go back.
0: Mm-hmm. I can't I, wait for it to all click for you too. Like, it, it, you know, even in like three more years, you're going to look back and be like, oh my God, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah. all the lessons that it gave you and how you're going to take that to the next thing and help other people. It's, it's, yeah, it's great when you can get to that place. But I also know, I mean, I was just so angry for years at Natasha, at Danielle, like at Kane, at the whole place. You know, I mean, it, it takes a long time to work through that anger, you know? Yeah,
1: like and that's resentment. why I don't want to just be like, oh yeah, I'm great. Like, I don't, I always tell people, when they'll ask me, like, how did you manifest your husband? I was like, this is not stop. Sit in this moment today. Like, sit in your singleness. Enjoy that. Go fuck who you want. You know what I mean? Like, sit in that moment. Like, I, maybe I want, I don't want to sit in the sadness part of it, but I want to I want to sit in the grind of it. Like, the, the up of it and remember. Because when I get there, not if, when, I get to that space that I want to get to. I want to remember always, how I thought it was going to go very differently for me in a bad way. And then it didn't. You know, so maybe I'll still get that moment of changing somebody's life the way not changed mind. You know, that's still there.
0: I, I've, I, have <laughs> yeah. two, I have two more. I have
1: two more questions.
0: What, what did what did your husband Marshall, who I, I you know I know you guys had met on social media, you got married in the DC region. Um, I didn't know you
2: met on social media. That's, that's
1: on, a, I need. Mean, technically, tell me your tips. Yeah, technically, he commented on my workout video, and then I slid in his DMs, and I was like, oh, he cute? And then he asked me out three times before I said yes.
2: Well played.
1: No, oh. I was just so damn jaded. I was like, I just don't want to do this again. He's cute. Yeah. I do not want to get my heart broken again. Mm-hmm. And when it's for you, it's for you, you know? Like, And I knew, pretty, I don't want to admit this, but I, I knew, like, four minutes in.
0: Wow. But, like... What did, yes. what did Marshall, okay, when you were going through your morning show, and I mean, you guys had gotten married on the show, you had your second son, I mean, and you would come home and tell him what was going on. I mean, what was, did he like, was he like, this isn't normal, or is this like what the police station is like? Like, what was it like? <laughs> well, <that's laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this is Marshall like what happens in the police
1: department. What, what? Yeah, like when you deal with crackheads all the time, and like picking <laughs> up true. brain matter your second day on the job, you <laughs> oh. kind of. Or desensitized to a lot. And here's the thing. I am a Latina. I'm dramatic. I'm like a firecracker. I pop off and I have all these emotions. And he thought because, and this is, you know, it was a point of contingency with us for a while because I felt pretty alone towards the end. Because he was like, it's coming. Your contract coming. you got to just relax and da-da-da-da. Because, side note, he worked at the radio station 10 years before I got here as a board op. I did not know that when I started dating him. Had I known that, I would not have gone on a date with him because that was a big no-no no rule for me. I didn't, I didn't shit where I eat. And he it took him until things got really bad for him to trust me in that this was happening. And he'd always said, like, okay, well, if you because I was devastated, I was coming home crying every day. And he was like, Well, if you want to let go of this, do it. We'll be okay. And, you know, he was supportive, but he was shocked. He didn't think that it would actually happen. Mm. He thought if I would just hold on through December, I'll get the contract. Maybe I wouldn't be like completely happy afterwards, but we would have like two, three years to figure it out. Mm. Never in a million years did he think that that call was coming. Never. Because, you know, he was cool with some of them shit he will work out he wrote workout programs for some of them one of them talked at my rehearsal dinner damn it you know like he never cuz that's the beautiful thing about my husband is even though he understands there's evil in this world he's still pretty innocent to the, the fact that people closest to you are still supposed to be good
0: yeah you even, spend 24/7 with with these individuals so and you you feel like
1: yeah, like you know, in total, and, if you really think about it, over six years, I've spent more time with some of them than my husband, actually. Sure, sure. And A lot of people yeah. listening
0: to this, that's the hard part of a job, right? Is like you spend sometimes more time with them than you do your own family and sometimes even your own kids. There's so many women listening to this and it's hard. Like if you're in a toxic work job environment. Um, okay, and please, Natasha, jump in if you have
2: questions. No. Well, I mean, goodness, it's all been like so enlightening. You know, one of the I was just I keep going back to one of the beautiful things that you said that I really just want women to hold on to. When you talked about, you know, kind of the gift that you got from him and also just from this experience is and maybe you can speak to it. This new strength that you have now standing on your own two feet not that you weren't on your own two feet when you were on radio before but losing that support system of the steady paycheck and everything that comes along with being a part of that business to just being on your own feet how have you seen your strength change and did it take a long time to get there
1: in a lot of ways i'm still not there like I have these ups and down moments and my husband always likes to remind me and he annoys the shit out of me when he does this because it's usually when I'm in one of those moments of despair that I just want to be sad. But there was something that I said in a moment of strength when things were unraveling to him that I was like, you know what? They can take the ratings for me. They can take the show. They can take they can't take the name because I own that now, but they can take it all from me. But the talent fucking stays here. It stays here. And then I'll have the moments where an opportunity will fall through and I'll be like, they took everything from me. And he'll take me by the face and say, the talent stays here. And there's more and more days that I can pull myself out of that mania of being devastated and and have faith in that. Like, I'm also really proud of myself for honoring my pain. Mm -hmm. Because... You don't do that as a performer. How many damn times doesn't something happen that you're bawling in the bathroom as a broadcaster and you gotta, and it's it's almost uncannily scary how easily we can turn that off. And I don't let myself do that that often anymore. For a long time, I, the, there were tears pouring out of you know every pore of my body and Now that I honor that, I do feel so much stronger in it all. You know, I do feel as though I'm not really afraid of, I never really was afraid of much. But I'm not really afraid of anything now. I'm not afraid of anyone. And the people that I used to be afraid of seem like such ants to me now. I'm really proud of myself that through it all, like I really did do my best to stay a good person.
2: <sighs> because most, of the and it people, would have, it would have jaded a lot of people.
1: I mean, it did a lot in a lot of ways for me too. For but try to go back to that? Choose happy. Like so many of these people are just like yeah, tortured souls that are miserable in every aspect of their life, and. I, you know, like my fitness journey had a big part of it. Like, I know that I say this shit at nauseum, but like, that's what kept me off of booze. Like, because literally I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders when all of it unraveled, but then I'll go into the gym and actually put that barbell and the weight of the world on my shoulders. And it feels really strong and empowering to be able to like lift that. I know it's a weird metaphorically thing, but no, I not no know it's I great.
2: Yeah. I hope you can, you can see what I see and what I know Sarah sees. And especially now that I've learned more about your personal journey and story and like, you know, looking back at when you were in an abusive and traumatic relationship and childhood trauma, and you had to grow from that and find strength, find self healing To be able to then be in a healthy relationship and then in your place of work like the other love in your life and losing that but then garnering this new strength and it's like I can see these different steps along the timeline of your life where maybe life wasn't fair and gave you really shitty circumstances but you grew in each one and it's almost like I could see the full puzzle now and losing this last one has been filled in with the lessons you've learned and the way that you've overcome and grown from it. And I'm just so darn excited to see what you do with like now this whole you.
1: I hope that makes sense. 150,000% like I just I don't like to raise my sons in the idea of like pain is going to be the thing that teaches you the most about yourself. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> that, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Sounds crappy, but that, man, I, I believe that. I
2: know, it's I like, thought. that.
1: I keep looking back at that stupid Pinterest meme, because I don't like to be too hokey, but I'm actually pretty hokey in a lot of the ways that I speak. It's like, oh, my darling, what if you fall? But then what if you fly? I, I have a little bit less of a like pretty spin on it that I'm like, okay, well, if I fuck it up, it's my fault but if i don't fuck it up it's also my fault you know like coming from that place of power you come to this world by yourself and you leave this world by yourself but what you do in between you is is really something that i want to be proud of
0: well you you should already be proud i mean look at what you're doing i mean just the fact that this is a guess. I don't know. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, our parents, right? I, I would venture to guess when we were little, our parents were not in therapy. You know, I mean, yes, I know. I mean right, right.
1: a Puerto Rican <laughs> Catholic in family, in fair, no. <laughs>
0: I, I mean what a gift <laughs> you
1: still kid- get eye rolls when i talk about of <laughs> like my hispanic family.
0: i mean what a gift you're giving to your boys and your marriage that you are doing this self-work i mean that i mean the gift that you guys both have taken the journey and i mean the best thing you can do for your kids is be sober even if you don't go to therapy just the gift of sobriety to see them clearly is like oh my god there's people listening to this that's all they want you know to be to do that for their kids so So, I mean, Riley, you've you've just. I hope you give yourself a ton of credit. You've, and there's. I just want to tell you, there's no way that the manifestation work you do, the candle work, the really, Riley, there's no way that that could have coexisted with your morning show. That just from what I know, I I I don't know that show, but from what everything we've all talked about, those things don't coexist. So, like, you are you should give yourself a lot of credit. It's
1: also too like I this is my husband's quote that he took from one of the, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So how I did things, my whole soul went into that. A little bit more of my soul needed to go in my husband and my kids and my my stuff. You know, so I'm not a person that likes to be super pompous but I'm going to shoulders back, chest up and say that I am really proud of myself that like, I never let go of the hope. Again, put the damn prads and crown on my head again. but. I'm really glad that I, like, was able to hope through a lot of it because there are big things ahead.
0: Um, Riley, what are the things ahead that you are and, – and please, if anybody wants to jump in, I mean, I you know, I think we're all open to continuing this. You know, maybe with yeah. Na- with Natasha, we had such an outpouring of follow-up questions that people had, and I know you do your Ask Riley session, so yeah. – Please, can people go to your Instagram? That seems like a great place to ask follow-up questions. And then the three of us maybe jump on and do a do a follow-up question and answer. Uh, but what what is next? You have the awesome – I mean, you've sent me this a beautiful manifestation candle. You have your Really Riley podcast you put out three days a week. I mean, what is – this is beautiful. It smells so good.
1: So that was made especially for you because, you know, you've been very open about your fertility journey and all of the things. Aww. And Rose Quartz is how I manifested my husband, but it's also the um, universal sign of a stone of like self-love, being gentle, kind of just for me, I said it was chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. I needed it. And Opalite is also another one for anxiety. It's the stone for mothers. And so when I made that for you, I was like, I need to, those are the stones that I I intuitively picked the stones that I put in the candles and I was like, I need a very soft scent. I need, you know, I just want, like I am growing that business and it's literally a business that I grew out of nothing. It was a side gig that I was trying to just get out of stress and all that. And like with the podcast, like I'm reconnecting with people that missed me on the air, but I'm also reconnecting with new random people that I will literally just have a moment with in the nail salon. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, podcasting. And they'll, listen to it they'll be like oh my god with nothing from riley from the kane show and just be like i'm obsessed like that's where you know i want to take things like my manifestation seminars like i told you guys like i finally got paid somebody paid me to go talk about my journey in that say. way so it's happening it's happening yeah there. there's all these new avenues like just the same way that i never believed i could be part of the kane show i truly believe that like there's a lot of big stuff happening in the future so I love it.
0: Um, okay. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for sharing your story.
2: I I just think
0: for the honesty
2: and transparency, because one thing I think Sarah and I've learned is when we just kind of spill our guts in a very literal and honest way is when we get those messages that it's really helped someone else which then selfishly heals us and i look forward to and it's part of my reason for doing it but i will take just know that a lot of women are going to get a lot out of
1: this yeah like i mean it was very in in more ways than i can ever express like really healing for me too so i really thank you guys Mm -hmm. for giving me that gift too
0: it's at riley (laughs) couture on instagram
1: C O U T U R E like juicy. Everybody always says, "How do you spell that?" I'm like, "It's Riley." C O U T U R E like juicy couture. We can come back with the story of how Kane came up with that one. Oh, I've never heard that one. Oh, Next okay, turn, save it. I want to start it. with that.
0: Yes, yes. At Miss Pink Monster at the Sarah Fraser Show, Riley. Uh, thank you. I think we're just we're just blown, and and this new friendship that the three of us have started.
1: So great. Oh, yes, thank you. We need to see where it goes. And you guys, if you think you want to hear some more of this trio, um, let us know, like... Email me at really Riley podcast at gmail.com. You can also do the socials. I'm always listening there. DMs are always open. Please like, follow, subscribe to the Sarah Fraser show and to Natasha's YouTube channel, um, Miss Pink Monster, but that's Miss Pink Monster underscore. If you guys need the links, I can totally send them to you. Because if you want to watch this uh part two of the podcast, you can see it there. And um tomorrow we go back to regularly scheduled programming with Ask Riley. So if you have any i'm sure you guys do have any ask riley questions um please also hit me up on the instagrams and the emails but um i gotta leave you guys with the three thank yous thank you thank you thank you for listening for letting me share my story and uh just being you i will talk to you guys tomorrow it's really riley